OneNet is an EU-funded project that aims to create a fully replicable and scalable architecture that enables the whole European electrical system to operate as a single system, as well as enabling seamless data exchange between energy stakeholders. Together with Elena Gerard, work package leader and market design of the project, and my guest for this episode, we are going to discuss how this architecture works at every level, from small consumer to large producers. Welcome to the EU Project Zone, a podcast series from Enlit and Friends, focusing on the energy transition and the EU Commission-funded projects that will help us achieve it. My name is Areti Daradimu, and I am the host of the EU Project Zone. Welcome, Elena, and would you please describe in a few words the OneNet project to me? Yeah, thank you. Indeed, the OneNet project is one of the biggest EU-funded projects. So in total, 72 partners are part of this project, and it's a combination of leading R&D institutes, TSOs, DSOs, IT companies, and also some SMEs. And that's actually the power of the OneNet project. It is very big in size in terms of diversity of partners, but also it works on both fundamental research, which is then translated into um, large-scale demonstration sites. In total, we have four clusters of demonstration sites, and in total we have 15 demonstrators. And that, of course, allows, because they are spread all over Europe, to test very different solutions in very different circumstances. And why do we do that? Because the ultimate goal of OneNet is based on three pillars. We want to have one common market architecture for Europe, one common ICT architecture for Europe, and then we want to have this validated in one policy recommendation, which is supported by all stakeholders in the value chain. If you have that as an objective, you obviously need to be innovative, but you also need to test it in very different circumstances. And that's exactly what the OneNet project is doing and why it is unique in its case. It is quite big, as you described it, and holistic. So I would like to ask you, which needs of the EU energy sector is it covering? It is a lot, I would say, but if you can pinpoint the most important ones, let's say. So the first big challenge that OneNet is tackling is actually a challenge that was already for a long time in European R&D as one of the main priorities. It is the coordination between the transmission system operator and the distribution system operators. There were already some predecessing projects, for example, the SmartNet project, but also Coordinate and Interface, which are key reference EU projects that worked on these TSO-DSO coordination. What OneNet is doing is taking all the best practices from these projects on board and try to test these aspects even in a more advanced way, also including other market actors in the mix. So the focus is still on TSO-DSO coordination, but we also try to make the link with the end consumer, but also try to make the link with the ICT requirements and with other stakeholders like, for example, market operators. So TSO-DSO coordination, one big objective. Secondly, there are a lot of questions on the current market design in Europe. We see it also with the Ukraine crisis that we ask ourselves, The way that we have organized our energy and flexibility markets is that actually the way to go in Europe. 
also there, OneNet tries to give an answer because typically those TSOs and DSOs, they need to coordinate for what? For the acquisition of flexibility. Flexibility is organized via markets. They can be regulated or they can be fully commercial. There are different options there. So it all is part of the same big question. So we are also approaching the question on the market design purely from the market perspective. What is the most optimal choice for Europe and how can we harmonize? And not only how, but also where should we harmonize or should we sometimes go for more local solutions? Next to that, talking about markets, we also talk about indeed the ICT reference architecture. Because of course, when you talk about markets, you talk about actors, you talk, then you talk about interactions. It's interactions between stakeholders. This is done via different processes and every process has a specific requirement for data. So you need also to talk about data exchange and in particular with a project like ours, it's about a lot of countries, a lot of needs, a lot of services, it all comes together. You need to have a very advanced way how you do this cross-sectoral, cross-country data exchange in an efficient way so that it's not a bottleneck to the system, but it's in support of those market processes that you have defined. From what you described, it seems to me that the project has also a vast target audience. But can you please tell me who would you say is the most important? So the first is obviously the system operators. They have a need. You see, there are at least there are different needs. So you have the transmission system operator. They use already flexibility. But of course, they will need even more flexibility. There are new services that are coming to keep the system balanced. And for that new services, they might also rely on more and more assets that come from the low and medium voltage grid. So the coordination with the DSO becomes even more important, but also the market access of low voltage flexibility to those flexibility markets becomes important. Secondly, those local DSOs, they also face now more and more the problem of congestion. Congestion can be solved by changing your assets in your grid, but you can also solve it by using flexibility. Flexibility is completely new for DSOs, so there we start from scratch. And the solutions from OneNet will support them in developing new products for congestion, but will also help other stakeholders to organize these local markets to solve congestion. But next to that, we also have a lot of policymakers who have a huge interest in what we're doing within OneNet because of its size. We can combine so many different views and come already with a unified voice. There has already been a lot of stakeholder consultation intrinsically in the structure of the project. That makes it a very powerful project to give advice for this new network code on flexibility or the digitalization of energy action plan, which are key reference documents at European level. What kind of new generation grid services that are able to fully exploit demand response, storage, distributed generation is OneNet proposing? So what OneNet tries to do is in the first place to look for this unified, harmonized view. So that means that a first step was not necessarily about developing new services, but to see how current services for TSOs and DSOs for balancing and congestion, how we could change the specifications of these products to have a joint product. Something where 
let's say, the suppliers from flexibility, they should not care whether it's for balancing or for congestion or whatever. They can just provide the flexibility in a specific format to the market. And this flexibility can be used for multiple purposes. So that was the first step. Harmonize the products that are already there so we can increase liquidity and also make it easier for players to access the market. Next to that, we focused a lot on congestion management. Today, congestion management is not yet procured via flexibility in the market. So we looked at the specific needs. Is this something which is more long-term, something more short-term? Is it near real-time, like balancing? How should this look in practice? And we're also testing it in some of our demonstrators. And is the project creating, on the same time, fair, transparent and open condition for the consumer? Absolutely, because what we also try to do is that often in previous projects the focus was very much on the grid part and on this coordination between the regulated parties and on the overall market design recommendations. We try to assess how we can make both those new products and services but also this new market design more consumer-centric. For products and services that means that we will try to see how the specific needs of a consumer are well reflected in a product so that it's for example flexible that also the timing on and that's then more on the market side that we also see that typical the market design is more closely linked to how consumers might have it easier to participate for example smaller fractions of flexibility that can like we call it minimum bid size minimum bid size should be lowered this is one of those typical market barriers but also there should be easier access from consumers to multiple service providers to value their flexibility and this should all be supported by the market design. Speaking of the market barriers that you mentioned and how the, the OneNet project is trying to remove them, can you please elaborate on what do you think the market barriers are now? What are we facing and what are the solutions that OneNet is proposing? There are multiple barriers which we address in the project, but one which is very important is what we call the lack of value stacking. What does it mean is that today, often flexibility which is available is not coming into the market because they can only access one value stream. And that one value stream is not enough for, for example, investors to invest in a specific flexible source. So what we try to propose is to make sure that if you have a flexible asset or a group of flexible assets, that they can participate to multiple services so that the different value streams are piled up and suddenly the business case of specific flexibility becomes positive. And then we will see more investments, more flexibility in the market and a lower price. Typically, how should you address these barriers? That means you should work on the processes, the different processes of flexibility and the procurement of different grid services, it's important that you look at the timing of these markets so that it's possible that one flexible source can participate to many markets. Secondly, you should also look at the requirements to participate to a specific market. For example, pre-qualification processes should be aligned between multiple services. Third, you can also look at the contractual part. Sometimes in a contract it's even forbidden that you participate to multiple services. So that's also something that we need to work upon. This is just one of those barriers. We have in total eight groups of barriers that all address specific points. And for all those barriers, we come with recommendations. And those recommendations are, in some cases, 
linked to roles and responsibilities, sometimes more process-oriented, can also be related to the lack of advanced tooling, but sometimes it's just about business models which are not well defined or data, which could also be a barrier. And what about regulations? Are they sufficient, the kind of regulations we have right now in the European Union and in general in local regulators? Are they sufficient for the progress of OneNet and projects like OneNet? We see that there are some initiatives which are currently ongoing at European level, which are absolutely a game changer and I would say an absolutely precondition for the solutions of OneNet to be implemented. The first one is this new network code on flexibility. This one is very important because it will give more clarity on some of those main processes like pre-qualification that now in some cases are considered a barrier, but it will also be more firm on products like congestion management and other related initiatives. We also have the other initiative, the digitalization of energy action plan, where also there on the data aspect, a lot of changes are proposed. We will see what it will become in reality, but those two initiatives will be definitely very supportive for the OneNet solutions, but it's more than that, because what we have seen is that some cases the barriers are really a lack of regulation at European level, because some things are evolving, like congestion management was in the past less of a topic, it becomes now more in the picture. Some cases the barriers are, we can see them at a local level. A typical in technical regulation of a specific country, where, for example, related to tariffs, or related to connection agreements that we might see in some cases specific rules that block this harmonized and integrated market. So also on the local level, on the national level, some changes might be needed. However, it's also important to note for some barriers, it might be a barrier for one country, but for another country, it's not yet a reality, so the barrier is less relevant. So also there we propose more, let's say a typical European approach, solve the problem when it's really a problem, and in case it's not yet a problem, just yeah, make sure that you solve it in time. But it's not always a priority right now. Just roll with it for e the time. Exactly. Be, be flexible. It's all about flexibility. And on that note, I would like to thank you very much, Elena, for this interesting conversation. Thank you very much. And thank you for joining us. You've been listening to the EU Project Zone podcast, brought to you by Enlit and Friends. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, and the Enlit Europe website. Just hit subscribe and you can access our other episodes too. I am Areti Daradimu, host of this podcast series, and I thank you for joining us. Mm -hmm.